Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. They talk, talk, talk about, talk about songs. Oh, how very dulcet that theme song is. And we thank Andrew Byrne for creating it. I am Mark Blankenship here on episode number 102 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. And sitting next to me, spiritually, even though she's really in a different borough of New York City, is my wonderful and fabulous co-host, Sarah D. Bunting. Hello, Sarah. Hello. We're always uh, sitting next to each other in my heart. That's right. That is correct. Um, Uh, And here's why. You have to believe we are magic. (laughs) I kind of do believe that, actually, a little (laughs) bit. Uh, And Sarah, that is a perfect segue for me to ask you, as though I don't already know, what song did you bring to the table for us to discuss today? Uh, I brought Olivia Newton-John's Magic. Um, Before I play a clip, let me just note that this is one of those um, excuse me while I kiss this guy things, where (laughs) I did not know until two weeks ago that this song was called Magic or that that was the lyric. I thought, don't ask me why that the lyric was uh have to believe we imagine oh that makes no sense but on the other hand it's pop music and things don't always make sense and also when this came out i was seven and i guess it just always stayed in my head as you have to believe we imagine um that is not the lyric. Uh, the lyric is magic. Uh, that has to do with the film, I assume, <laughs> in yes, which this song assume. appeared. Xanadu. The how would you even describe that movie? Well, famously terrible, and yes. it it was the inspiration, along with the uh, village people's "Can't Stop the Music," for the creation of the Golden Raspberry Awards, <laughs> for which are awards given t- annually to the worst in cinema. Um, I have seen Can't Stop the Music a couple times. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, let's let's not get into, uh, let's Look, not get into Steve, that. Although the title track of that soundtrack is pretty good. Just the, And Steve Gutenberg, in, shirtless in those overalls, can get it. He was really hot. And uh, living at that time as Bruce Jenner with his cut-off ringer t-shirts and skin-tight cut-off jorts. Yeah. Something. <laughs> That and one somehow, has really lived. <laughs> somehow, the erstwhile Bruce Jenner never made another film. Uh-huh. Huh. Go fig. Mm, but yes. you know who did make more than one film? Olivia Newton-John. She did, and you uh, know a bunch of them. Um, I would like to play a clip, and then I would like to talk a little bit about how I came to be thinking about and uh, to choose this song for us to talk about. So here's a clip.
Okay, so before we get into the um, dramaturgy of this song, I would like to note that my great good friend Mike Dunn suggested a couple of weeks ago that we discuss and or rank uh, a recent project by Juliana Hatfield. Uh, Juliana Hatfield sings Olivia Newton-John. I believe they're friends, like besties in real life, and Juliana Hatfield decided to do a whole album of Olivia Newton-John covers, which... Um, is such a fun idea. And for this like 90s alternative pop kid, um, I was super into it in theory. In practice, I could not get through any tracks. Ooh, not any of them. Yeah, I just, there's something about Juliana Hatfield's timbre that is not suited to this at all. I don't think I understand why she didn't... I don't know, do some vocal coaching or key things down or what it was not for me. I really found it unpleasant to listen to. I think it's a Mm. fantastic idea. And if people uh, have enjoyed it or are enjoying it, that's awesome. But here's what I did get out of it. I went back and listened to a lot of the originals and this definitely underlined how, what a beautiful instrument and, Uh, Olivia Newton-John has and how like what a narrative artist she was that I think is not something that is necessarily appreciated or certainly wasn't by me that she makes the way she sings makes it look very easy Um, and it isn't and Juliana Hadfield makes it look real hard and (laughs) makes it sound yucky so Olivia Newton-John seems to have been underrated by me um Even though I had the lyrics wrong, though, this song is not underrated by me. I still love it. I forgot what a monster hit it had been until I looked it up because it was succeeded by Christopher Cross's Sailing, which was like, if you were alive and basically sentient in the summer of 1980, it was everywhere. Um, I did not remember this one as much from that time. But again, seven years old. Uh, this This is a really good song. Um, it's very 80s, but in good ways. Like it sounds, um, it doesn't sound expensive, but it's like all the best things of a like er 80s song. That bell tone synthesizer, the twangy bass, um, Pam Ribbon, you can strip to it. Uh, there's bombastic harmonies. It's, it's very turn of the 80s, but in good really good ways and i'm glad that one good thing came out of xanadu which um don't most people blame that on like don't most people blame that movie for like killing gene kelly (laughs) 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 i mean it was bad y'all i've never seen it all the way through um so that is what i had on my mind um again juliana hatfield always has a special place in my heart for her um, quote acting in the Christmas episode of my so-called life. Oh my God. I as the love. angel. Yes. Yes. How did you die? God, kill me every time I cry. Um, but yeah, like I think this is a really fun idea and a really touching tribute to her friend that didn't quite work for me, but in theory it's cool. And I wish more artists would cover other artists, top 10 hits in this way and just be like, I'm going to do this cause it's fun. And I like this artist. Well, I read an interesting article about Juliana Hatfield's covers album, which I didn't know 
about and then emailed you because I was just researching this song and I emailed you and said, are you aware of this? And you were like, yes. yes I was like, I yeah, am. and don't ask for a clip because mama can't. But anyway, it's, it's go ahead. It's the entire reason that we're doing this. Um, <laughs> but she apparently was supposed to go see a Ju- uh, an Olivia Newton-John concert recently, but Olivia Newton-John had to cancel because her cancer has come back, which I did not know. Oh, no. I didn't know but, that either. But it was in thinking about why she was excited to go to this concert and remembering all of the Olivia Newton-John albums she had owned as a kid that Juliana Hatfield decided to make this covers album. And I was just like, I don't know. I just really, it seems still to this day, it's like such a perfectly 90s rock star thing to do. Yeah, totally. To be like, you know what? I'm post-irony and I'm all the way back to sincerity. And now here are 14 Olivia Newton-John covers. Thank you and please. Mm Mm-hmm. And I will say that I agree with you on her performance of her cover of Magic, but I actually found her cover of A Little More Love and her cover of Physical, I found them both quite delightful. But more for me, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. I mean, there was just something, I think I didn't get to Physical until I was far enough into the album that I was like, I need to stop because I'm not going to like this and it's just going to... Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As my brother once sang on a composition of his, you can't teach a pig to sing. It just makes him mad. (laughs) So it's like, all right, let's not not make my inner pig any angrier. Um, But I'm so glad that I got to reappreciate Olivia Newton-John. She has this, um, like, it's a very sweet, angelic voice that Mm -hmm. she get. like, it has a lot of elasticity and a lot of like orgasmic moaning implied in it at the same time that's really something i think that's like a pop star's dream is to have both of those things like if you can get both you know madonna and whore into your contralto i mean you can mint your own money so good for her yeah fair point i wish that i loved this song more Personally, is this I, not I, in your top three I, I, or five ONJ joints? I have to say, I don't really care for it at all, unfortunately. Okay. And it's not because there's anything wrong with it, per se. It's just that I, it's not that I have a problem with it. It's just that I, it, it's, it's one of those songs that we have talked about before for me where no matter how many times I listen to it, it's like I can't remember I've ever heard it before. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. There's something so frictionless about the song, so perfectly dis- so perfectly encapsulating of easy listening music mm-hmm. of this period that I just it's so breathy and the production is so gauzy and the melody <laughs> is so relaxed. Like I, every time I here's the thing though, even listening to the clip, it's and like I the to color the, lavender for your ears, very yes. soothing and not exciting. I get it, and I, it's actually incorrect to say I don't like this song at all. That is not correct because every time I actually listen to this song, I'm like, I am enjoying this. But it's in the same way that I don't think about the music that I heard when I was getting a massage. One second after that massage is over, this song is just completely teflon to me right so it's like a we should come up with a term for that what is that like a memento song yeah (laughs) like you have to like get a tattoo to remind yourself that you've heard it before (laughs) (laughs) let me ask you this also because when this came out you were a baby you were not even two years old um and i was seven and i remember 
like songs of this era is when I really started like noticing what was on the radio right, more. Absolutely. So I'm wondering if this is one of those that it's like, I'm not sure I would care about it if I were like younger or older, but yeah, I I think it might be a, you had to be there song because here's another interesting thing about Olivia Newton-John, despite the fact that she had massive hits, I feel like a lot of her songs are completely lost to time now. I honestly love you. Have you never been mellow? These are only songs that I know by name. They have never come up in my life. They're just never on. They're never around me. What about physical? Now, that's the difference. So I think the reason, because I don't want to front like I do not love certain Olivia Newton-John songs, because you better believe that I love the song Physical, which has a music video, which was still in rotation when I was old enough to be paying attention. Right. Okay. And I just think it's like, this music sounds so much of its time that if I... Yeah, like it, it's so easy to not hear it now that it's like, huh, but, well, that's that wasn't a statement. It's like, huh, I can hear this and it's pleasant, but I have no connection to it, except physical I grew up with. And then, sidebar, another Olivia Newton-John song that I love, love, love is a mid-80s hit called Twist of Fate. Do you know that song? I have never it, heard of that song. Well, I had never heard of it either until a few seasons ago. It was the lip sync for your life song on an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what is this? And it was her last top 10 hit. And it's got a really great mid 80s synth dance sound. So I guess the songs of hers that have been inserted into my life through other cultural means, I do love because they're familiar to me. And the songs of hers that I discover through my own research, I'm like, those are perfectly pleasant. Another great example, of course I love her performance of You're the One That I Want. Of course I love Hopelessly Devoted to You because Grease is a movie that I've seen 70 plus times. Yeah. Even though it's older than you. Yes, um, but like I I went to a drive-in theater that was reopened explicitly for Grease okay. near my town and I've been to sing-along Grease nights in college. Like, that's definitely a cultural artifact that has hung on as well. Well, and I think there's also, like, I feel like Olivia Newton-John was associated so strongly here in the States with Greece, and then with some projects in the early 80s that were, uh, like, started aging poorly immediately. Mm. <laughs> like, did mm. the, it was the equivalent of driving a new, a new car off a lot and, like, into a ravine, <laughs> at least in the case of Xanadu. Um but I like I think that she remained, you know, iconic and famous in Australia, and I think she's just one of those like, like a. I mean, the Minogues are not exactly analogous, but I think that there's like a whole, you know, even if a constellation has dropped below the horizon here, it's still visible from right. the southern hemisphere kind of thing. Right. So, yeah, I um uh, but I think here there was just like um she just vanished from view, but then yes. people were still buying the um like the Billboard top 10 of X year and she managed to be in those in several years and yet I think here she's viewed as much more like um what is the what's the euphemism they have for like the Beach Boys? Uh, not a vintage act. 
retro Re- yeah or like an oldies or classic or yeah it's like um uh i don't know uh like a, a way back act i don't i don't right. know what they actually call like those. she would be on a she would she's the kind of act that you would expect to see on a package tour with like three other bands and possibly christopher cross among them right but she doesn't have to do that because in australia yeah she's still she's still a big star she's still like a north star size big star and it's fascinating to think about this being true for her because she was a massive superstar in America in from like 73 to 85 and had six or seven number one songs, was in several hit movies. Like it's really it's fascinating how fame is fleeting for some fame lingers for others and then completely disappears. And then other people are in the cultural consciousness forever because it's not like Janis Joplin had nearly as many hits as Olivia Newton-John, but I feel like people to this day still know who she is. It's just interesting how that works. Yeah. Well, and there's also the, I mean, there's the, um, her sort of tragic, untimely demise. Well, true. Yeah. But the Um, point being, am I mad to have heard magic? No. Are there Olivia Newton-John songs that I'm always happy to hear? Yes. Have I recently worked out to an Olivia Newton-John song? Absolutely. So, she just she's an interesting figure in that way, like a superstar that also somehow is an unknown. Would you say that she's a a minor gay icon or no? See, I again, I think that for gay men who are slightly older than me, absolutely. Like if you were in your 20s during her period, like the movie and original text of Hedwig and the Angry Inch pay a great homage to Olivia Newton-John. There's a whole thing about how Hedwig was obsessed with Olivia Newton-John when he was living behind, or when she was living behind the Berlin Wall. And she then the whole monologue is saying things like, had I never been mellow, I did not know. It haunted me as I pondered it. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So yes, there is absolutely a gay enthusiasm. And that's, I think, in no small part why Xanadu was turned into a successful Broadway musical about 10 years ago. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember that. Um, and, uh, like, apparently it was really a delight. Did they keep the great. roller skating yes. part of it? Yes, they built. So you go to the, you went to the theater and you sat all around the edges of a sunken arena that was a roller skating rink. And you watched the show happening on roller skates in front of you. It was awesome. Okay. So from the ashes of both Xanadu the film and Starlight Express... Yes, the musical, exactly. which I saw in London. Oh, in London? That's even swankier. I, I mean, I, I guess you could call it that. God, that that book is, I mean, it's awful. <laughs> it's it's really an awful show. I can sing every song still. Um, we should see if Yvonne Element sang um, Starlight oh Express God. somewhere. She and probably did. She was probably in a Sheboygan production of... <laughs> Starlight Express. Oh, poor Sheboygan. They had to borrow the little ramps and stuff that everyone skates on from the uh, Detroit production. Yes. Anyway. Or from the, the senior center. Oh, God. <laughs> and this poor little old lady named Norma is standing at the door with her walker like, guys, guys. I, I was going to go see the show. <laughs> Sorry, Norma. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pull my jazzy right up to this front door and you're just going to hop. It's going to be fine. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for um, listening to this. And uh, 
I will remind you in a couple of days that you have, in fact, heard this song before, <laughs> just so that you can keep it in mind. No, I've actually now tattooed it on my inner right thigh. There's okay. just the word magic with a check mark by it. <laughs> <laughs> in Andrew's handwriting. Hey-o! Um, Listeners, you are our magic. And if you ever need to reach us, uh, you can tweet us at Talk Songs. You can email us, talkaboutsongs at gmail. Uh, and uh, if you'd like to wear a shirt that says Mark and Sarah talk about songs on it, email me, bunting at tomatonation.com. Hey. Thanks for listening. and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah Debunting and edited by Sarah Debunting. That's me. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at talksongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash massdas.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of the podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastass. And as always, thank you for listening. I don't want you to go. Must be a blind look in your mind. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. They talk, talk, talk about, talk about songs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.